This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 175, The Titans of Ole Introduction. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Uh, can I do the thing where we start off with business and we just go like, hey, we still have Root Tournament going on right now, and it's it's this weekend, and this weekend has slightly stranger times than other weekends have, so I just wanted to make sure people knew uh, that they should be watching our Root Tournament that's going on, and this weekend, uh, games 9, 10, 11, and 12 are happening, and it's January 23rd at 12pm CST and 6pm CST, and then Sunday at 12pm CST and 4pm CST, does that, how does that sit with you, Hunter, like, what, am I allowed, to, can I do that real quick? I don't know. It's really abrasive. It's like they just turned it on and you're just like immediately advertising at them. No, like no warm up. No, like j- light, light jokes at the top. Yeah. No. Hey, how okay, are you? I ya? won't do it then. Just I, like, I, I won't do that. Um, and so we can just, well, you I did just have do done it. that. Like you and did. Then do- we're fine. No, it's fine. I didn't do it. Right. But you did do it. It is. We are. We're in, you know, we're in, we're in it. Oh, it's like a heist movie and (laughs) you're, you can't turn to me once we've already broken into, you know, the MGM grand (laughs) and say, Hey, should we have done it this way? It's like, it's too late. What do you think about hiring a Texan instead? I don't know. I was just thinking maybe that they might be better at this than me. So I don't know. Give that a go. See how their poker skills contribute see i was envisioning kind of an oceans 11 heist Mm -hmm. where we're actually breaking in and stealing money sure but you you have to have the people who create the diversion at the table and that's me i'm there to create a diversion because i'm not gonna you wouldn't be the diversion guy matt you wouldn't be the diversion guy you would be the guy well actually you would be a diversion but it wouldn't be from like skill Mm -hmm. it would be you would be the guy that has a meltdown (laughs) like a fake (laughs) meltdown or a fake heart attack. So you get, oh, this is what it is. So your your role in the movie would be that you get really mad at like one of the, like a security guard or something. And you start yelling at him and you get so mad mm-hmm. and enraged yeah. that you have a heart attack. And you fake a heart attack <laughs> and you're like on the ground. And they're like, oh my God, we got to call a doctor. Uh, yeah, like, is there I, a doctor in the house? I think I'm a combination of that character and also Don Cheadle's really bad British accent. I'm both of those things. Yeah. I'm doing both of those at once. Yeah. Sort of a little a little fusion of those of those two bits. Um, you have a better Brit- British accent than Don Cheadle. I'll say that right now for the record. And Don's a listener and I don't even care, you know? Sorry, War Machine. <laughs> uh, we have a fun thing today. We are, we're doing it. We're here. It's POK time. Like it's right. real PO. It's right. not just like, let's make listicles for a month anymore. <laughs> it's time to actually. Yeah, we got pretty BuzzFeed. <laughs> We got pretty BuzzFeed about it for a little while to buy us time so yeah. that we could do, you know, the research and play the game and right. and get deep into it. And now we're we're going to start letting you in. Yeah. You know, that I've noticed. Permission some, to other, win, listener. Yeah. <laughs> there are like other, uh, you know, board board game content creators uh, that have already covered POK yeah. in its entirety. Right. And they're done. They're and like, we've done. 
and we're like, all right, now that now that it's not cool anymore, yeah, now that the riff is out of work, the way, <laughs> let's get in the weeds on some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the beginning of what I'm sure will be a year long quest to <laughs> fully digest every little aspect Hunter, of a, this a game year because is being that's generous. what we're here to do. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. two years, so at minimum two years i think to to get through it all yes at least at least a year maybe three maybe three <laughs> years that might i'll i promise you today on this first episode um but what are we talking about on our we uh, what is what is today we're starting easy is, is what i like to say yeah. uh we we decided to, to kick it off with the titans of old because at first glance it seemed like there wasn't a ton of complexity to have to get into, which meant our lack of understanding for Prophecy of Kings would do the least amount of damage in a in a Titans episode, right? We, sure, we haven't figured sure. everything out yet, so let's do Titans because even if we're wrong on some points, people will be like, well, you'll still win with them. So even if even if Space Cats was wrong, you're going to just you're going to be fine. That's how I mean, I would reframe what you're saying a little bit and say, I think that Titans are very complex but also score a lot of points automatically yes. without yeah. thinking about it. So even if we give you bad advice today and you play Titans, you will probably have a fine time yeah. and have a good <laughs> shot, you know, basically. Yeah. So even if we're dumb. So let's, th this will be kind of a, a, some changes to structure of like what you might be used to with faction guides from us, but, but mostly... A lot of the same stuff, but just now we have to think about how Prophecy of Kings changes kind of the whole landscape of the game. So we do want to still kick things off with some overview of the faction, just talk about everything that actually exists in this thing. I feel like especially with these new factions, we haven't just sat down and taken stock of everything that they have, right? All their, their starting right. units, their abilities, all of it. So let's do that right now. The Titans of Ul start with, here's their starting units, one Dreadnought, two Cruisers, no carriers two fighters three infantry and then of course a space dock so no a no carrier faction uh right which we right. will get into why that's possible later normally you need to have carriers so that the so you got your friends can go to other planets but the titans do not need to do that they have plenty uh in just that starting fleet they also start with anti-mass deflectors which is what allows you to move through asteroids and it's also minus one to space uh cannon rolls against you that's space cannon yeah offense right it's just in or no it's both it's both yeah space cannon offense yes. and defense um i always forget that by the way if, if i'm doing right. ground combat i forget to like make sure the other person does or doesn't well have it doesn't make it doesn't make sense in fiction what's happening yeah. are you saying the infantry have <laughs> What are what is an anti-mass right. deflector? And actually, this is a good moment to say, I just want to say for the record, I don't really get why they start with yeah. anti-mass deflectors. Yeah. I don't really understand mm -mm. why at all, but they do. Yeah. Uh, I guess they're sort of related to Space Cannon, which is one of, uh, one their, of their specialities. Uh, they also start with ScanLink Drone Network, which is the new base yellow tech. And it's when you activate a system, you may explore one planet in that system that contains one or more of your units. So it's a slower than your initial expansion uh but uh basically titans can 
explore planets all game long. So by nature, they are a little bit an explore faction. We'll get into that more later. Yes. But but they are, just by having this already, they get to do more exploration than a lot of factions do. Um, and I, I would say they are the MVP of Scanlink Drone Network. And as we go over this, you will find that Scanlink Drone Network is a key yeah. uh, core aspect to uh, the faction. You know how like Arborek... Uh, well, they don't start with uh, Sarween, but yeah. there was a period where it was like Sarween had this special importance yeah. that all, really only applied to Arborek. Uh, I feel like that's sort of how Scanlink Drone Network mm. works with Titans. Honestly, I would not be surprised if Scanlink, Scanlink was sort of uh, the grammar of it drafted specifically because, <laughs> because of, Titans, of Titans and not That's for funny. any other reason. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's interesting too, because other factions with Scanlink, Scanlink is almost like a, an annoyance of like, Oh, I got to make sure I'm activating my own stuff. And as we'll talk about, that's just kind of what Titans are doing <laughs> anyways. Right. So it, it fits right. It fits the bill. Uh, their home system starts off as a 4-1, uh, but it doesn't have to end that way. Uh, they also <laughs> have two commodities. So not maybe not necessarily an amazing uh, trade-worthy faction. Hunter, what are their abilities? Yeah, so um, we've got we've got two uh, faction-specific units, a la uh, the Federation of Soul, and then we have a handful of abilities. Uh, I broke these up kind of, uh, ran well, not randomly, but d logically for me. <laughs> um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is their faction-specific unit called the Hell Titan, which is a PDS, mm -hmm. and it is it is a whopper. Um, so the, the Hell Titan is a PDS that is treated as a structure and also a ground force. Uh, however, you can't transport it. Yeah. So that's a little weird. Um, has planetary shield, duh. Sustained damage. What? <laughs> uh, space cannon six. Good. Production one. What? And it hits on a seven. What? I love huh? I love the Hell Titan from a fiction perspective because it is literally it's there it's the big thing on the cover right the Hell yeah. Titan is the the ridiculously monstrous like all the Titans in fiction are these big like behemoths but the Hell Titan is the like <gasps> behold it's this terrifying thing yes. and, and thematically I do love uh, these PDS being on the table it is kind of ridiculous looking at that card and seeing how much text and abilities and production and everything it has um, right but definitely a very very cool uh unit and and certainly seems like what the whole kind of faction is based around right yeah that that this is like kind of uh i mean the we'll get to the the other unit is also kind of a cornerstone too i mean yeah. the, the titans contains multitudes <laughs> um I, I just want to break down what i said there just so just to make sure there's no confusion so this is a pds that functions as a normal pds has planetary shield has space cannon it also produces it can produce one unit uh, and then it also fights in ground combat as if it were a ground force and it hits on a seven with sustained damage. Yeah. So it it is it is for all intents and purposes uh, a a a jack of all trades yes. of a ground unit, right. essentially. It is like it it is the single most defensive unit in the game. I mean it's yes. if if you want to invade my planet with a, a Hell Titan on it, you have to you are not allowed to bombard that planet. You have to survive yes. a space cannon roll, and then yes. even if it's just a single Hell Titan, you have to survive a combat with a unit that hits better than your ground forces and has sustained damage. So it's basically kind of like one and a half ground forces, right? That is just right. on and my then, planet. And then, what's nice about it is, you know, the other factions 
as far as sustained damage goes on the ground, they are limited to their four yeah. mechanized units. Right. Um, we have four mechanized units and also four Hell Titans. So that's Six. a lot of soak on the ground. We are we are very defensive faction. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and get into the uh, next ability. It is called Terragenesis. After you explore a planet that does not have a sleeper token, you may place or move one token so you start with with these sleeper tokens um and they're just these little round cardboard pieces with a titan of all symbol on it no one can decide what what side of the token is the one that you need to use because one of them ha has like a little <laughs> a little dot on it and the other looks like it's asleep i'll tell you exactly which side token. it is i i i know this is true and this isn't this okay. isn't even a joke this this could sound like a joke it is the pink side is just the faction symbol and the broken side yes. is the sleeper token. Oh, okay. The grayed cool, cool, out cool, cool. side so, is the like, oh, it's there. It's sitting. It's in the rumble. It's it's the it's a dusty old relic. And then it awakens and becomes the thing that you do with it. Right. So essentially, Titans, they have these, these sleeper tokens. Um, you explore planets in order to place them on your planets. Or you can move them around from planet to planet, but you still have to... The requirement is that you are exploring this planet, um, and then you get a sleeper token. Um, now let's get to the next ability. The next ability is called Awaken. After you activate a sleeper token, you may replace each sleeper token with a PDS. Mm -hmm. So we are, we, are, we are activating a system, and we are removing our sleeper tokens and placing in their place uh, a PDS. Um, it's, it's really, uh, the t Titans has a whole thing about timing windows and you need to be careful about what, what window you're doing certain things in. However, this ability awaken is actually very generous with the timing window because the timing is after you activate. So it's literally, you place sleep, the, the command counter on the system and we immediately replace those sleeper tokens. So that's great. We're getting a PDS and at the end of that step, mm -hmm we uh, can produce out of it. So it's beautiful in that way. Now there's there's something we're gonna get to later that involves uh, timing windows that is not beautiful. And I would say is the is <laughs> ugly actually and uh, difficult to get around. But for at this point in the guide, Awaken, very nice that it is after you activate. The next ability uh, is called Coalescence. If your flagship or your Awaken ability places your units into the same space area or planet as another player's unit, you must participate in the relevant combat steps. What what does this, that mean? This is not an ability so much as a rulebook entry that got placed into the faction sheet rather than in the rulebook. Yes. <laughs> like this is a thing <laughs> that the Titans are so complicated and weird that if this didn't get included as an ability, people would be like, well, so then what do you do when you do this? So it's like, nope, you don't get to ask me. It's there. I put it on the faction sheet, even though it's not even an ability. It's just a thing you have to do. It's homework. Yes. A clarification. Yeah. Um, so, so I, however, this is, this is, I think, a good time to note because you might forget this, honestly, because it's not going to come up a lot in a majority of your games if, if my experience is any sim is similar to yours um but the sleeper token sits on the planet you don't have to control the planet in order for that sleeper token right. to just hang out there and there's like, no way for another player to target it it's there forever yeah the sleeper token it's just exists there forever until you get right. rid of it 
So the idea is, you know, if you place a sleeper token, you don't get to awaken it, and then somebody else takes that planet. You could always awaken it after mm -hmm. they've taken the planet. Now, hopefully, they know this, and that would be a good deterrent <laughs> for not taking your planets. Which honestly, you are not you you are not hungry for more deterrents for not taking <laughs> planets. We have crazy PDS that punch and shoot into the air. Um, and and as far as that flagship note, we we are going to cover that in just a minute. So don't worry your pretty head about that. Yep. Um, so the next thing we need to talk about is the uh, Saturn engine, mm -hmm. which is the other faction unit. It is a cruiser. Yep. This is a special cruiser, though. First this cruiser, cruiser. Yeah. So we've got... It hits on a seven. Movement is two. Not really impressed yet. Capacity, what? Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. So it starts with capacity one. It is essentially like a... I'd call it like a cruiser 1.5. Mm -hmm. It has has some cruiser two functionality right out of the gate. Yep. We've got the capacity. And this so, is what so Matt mentioned. Yeah, it allows us yeah. to not need a carrier around one. So now we have two cruisers with each one capacity, one dreadnought with one capacity, and three infantry. So our starting fleet can go take three planets without any issue, and it's fine. So next, let's talk about that flagship real quick. It's not a super notable one, um, but it, it is called the... Uh, Oranos, Oranos, whatever. It's our Anos. That's what I'm going to call it. Our Anos. Um, so it has a deployability. Uh, deployabilities are something we're going to be talking about a lot. Uh, lots of uh, the new POK stuff have deployabilities. Um, deployabilities just mean you you are able to get this this unit uh, easier mm -hmm. if you meet a certain condition. So the deployability for the Oranos. Auranos is after you activate a system containing a PDS, you may replace one PDS with this unit. Um, and this is after after you activate. So that means the PDS needs to already exist yep. before you're activating the system. You can't remove your sleeper token, place a PDS, and then remove the PDS and place a flagship. Mm -hmm. um, however, and that that's cool, right? So we basically have a way to get a flagship, not for free, but for pretty cheap. Um, However, the, the flagship stats are not great. So this this hits two on a seven, one movement, three capacity. Um, I would say it is not an important aspect right. of their strategy. Its best quality basically. is that it's basically free. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And and, and the idea... So, so then with this flagship, the idea is I can activate a system with a planet that is explorable to put a sleeper token there. And then next round, I can activate the planet with the sleeper token to get a pds and then the next round yes. i can activate the system with the pds to get my flagship out so round three yes. i can get a free flagship basically right well and 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 if we're talking about warfare which we sure. will when we get a strategy cards you can speed up that tempo yeah. Yeah. um but yeah and 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 that makes it sound really slow and cumbersome but remember this is going to be happening on all of your planets yes yeah. uh, you have five of these tokens so that's five planets so you can be kind of somewhere working on this uh, sleeper token PDS placement tempo. Um, let's talk about their mech. Uh, their mech is called the Hecaton. <laughs> I'm going to call them the Hecaton Cherries. There is definitely like like... an easy way to look up what this, uh, how this is pronounced, and I don't care. I'm going to call it the Hecaton Cherries. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I've decided. I it's like a Hecaton very Cherries. <laughs> Hecaton. I like cherries. Hecaton Cherries. Yeah, because it sounds like. Um, what's that? What's that game where you're you're on roller 
Roller Derby. It sounds like a roller derby team mm. to me. The Hecaton mm-hmm. Cherries. We're the Hecaton. Uh, it means hundred-handed ones. Oh, this is terrifying. I'm Googling it like just live here in the episode, and I hate it. I hate that yeah. I've done this. Oh, yeah. Well, th- tell us about it. Don't, don't keep it to well, yourself. Well, the Hecaton Cherries were three siblings who were born from the Titans Uranus and Gaia. These, It's like the people that wrote this stuff did their homework. These three were named Briarius and Agaeon, the Vigorous or Seagoat, <laughs> Cotus the Striker or the Furious, and Gigas the Big Limbed. Anyways, uh, that's enough of this. It's got like a billion arms and it's terrifying. Some sort of mythos here. Right. Um, okay, so uh, the the Hecaton Cherries have a deployability <laughs> as well. Um, when you would place a PDS, you may place one mech and one infantry as well. So the way this has kind of worked out is your sleeper token is basically worth either a PDS or one mech and one infantry. Um, the it just kind of got the the text of that got you know kind of moved around across the sheet, but it's a cool part of the sleeper token. Uh, functionality that you can redeem it for either right now a couple notes about this um this is exciting that you have this versatility however i think overall your hell titans are a smarter long-term investment so in the early game i would not always rush to uh deploy all of my mechs um however depending on your you know your specific goals uh if you really feel like you need it then obviously it's there as an option um and then one note, this kind of drives me a little bit crazy, to be honest. Um, you need to be, and, I, and it makes sense. Like, I, I realize this is something that frustrates me, but this is not stupid. You have to be able to place both the mech and the infantry in order to use this ability. Meaning that after, and it would be so stupid if it worked the way I want it to work in my head. <laughs> but right. after you have all your mechs out, you can't use it to place an infantry which it's dumb that I want to be able to do that because it's a deployability written on the mech unit. So obviously (laughs) you can't cut the mech out of the equation. Um, But I just wanted to mention that. I just wanted to gripe a little bit uh, at that point. Um, As far as the update on the pronunciation, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay, sure. Go ahead. It is. It's you're right, Hunter. You're actually like not far. Hecaton Cheris. I wanted to be so much fancier than it was. Yeah, that's great. Hecaton he- cherries. I mean, I'm still saying Hecaton cherries. Sure. But yeah, I was almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk promissory note. Uh, their promissory their promissory note is called Terraform. Uh, it's literally it's a cool it's a cool idea. It's like you're giving someone a promissory note that they play on a planet, yeah. and it adds an attachment to that planet that gives it plus one resource, plus one influence, and it gives that planet all three traits: right. industrial uh hazardous and cultural yeah i see people Uh, obviously ask about this promissory note a lot and it's because i think new players are maybe afraid of like maybe the implications of this and and are trying to like make sure they're understanding it right and it is an attachment that is attached to the new planet card which means it's only you can only sell it once once it's once it's used it's now attached to a planet and it's gone forever so right. we'll talk more about uh, kind of the specifics of this, but it is a one-time use promissory note, period. Straight up and down. Yes. Yes. Um, it's also an action. That's worth noting yeah. real quick. I want to I want to make sure that we note that. And and you can't, uh, obviously you have to play it on 
the type of planet that has a type already. Yeah. Like you can't play it on Mechatol Rex or, or your home system. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not, I mean, you can play it on, you know, places like Primor or like right. Malice, right. Um, our, our legendary planets or whatever. Um, okay, let's talk. Let's talk leaders. Yeah. So our agent, uh, his name is uh, Tellurian. Tellurian? Tellurian. Something like that. When a hit is produced against a unit, exhaust to cancel a hit. Yes. Um, so this is uh, essentially this is a sustained damage, but it's not sustained damage. So can't play direct hit on it. Not that direct hit. Direct hit is less of a big deal yeah, these days because the action deck, the action card deck got bigger and you just don't, you don't reliably see cards, but um, it's good. It's, you can sell it. It's the kind of thing, it's very forgivable with the timing window. So you sell it when someone needs it and then bam. Right. Um, right. Uh, you can, it's, it's against a unit. So you can use it for ground combat, space combat, whatever. So but I would say this is the type of um, sellable agent that, uh, you probably need to uh, sell it to them. They are not going to factor in right. it in their plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so find the opportunity and then be like, hey, do you want that hit canceled? Because that could swing this whole fight for you right now. Give right. me some money, you know. Right. And but don't, deal. don't be so fast to sell it too because, I mean, it is an agent and if you know the rest of your round has the potential to get heated, obviously, like, it's it's just as with most agents it's better for you than it is for everybody else but what's nice about it is is i would consider this kind of like quite a bit more sellable than a lot of agents i mean this is one where yeah any combat agent is a thing where it's like i can look at this round and know whether or not i'm probably getting into any combats and then it becomes if you're not planning to get in any combats you have a significantly more sellable agent and anytime anybody else does a combat you're like hey Hey, you want this thing? You want this thing? Um, right, and, right. and so that's, I, I definitely like that quality uh, in this one. Right. And, and you know, honestly, you are, I mean, this is, Titans are probably the most defensive mm-hmm. faction now. They're, they're kind of like the the dream that Extra fails to realize, yeah. essentially. Right. Um, so, especially in the early game, you, unless you are the one kind of like, playing the odds and like swinging out for something like an early Mechatol Rex play or something like that, you probably will have a, a fairly, uh, fairly good opportunities to sell this to other players. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the commander. Sure. The commander's name is Tug Stantis. <laughs> Tug Stantis. Tug Stantis. The unlock is to have five structures on the board, which again, we get our structures out kind of very, very easily. I mean, we could easily do right. this round two. Basically, we have yes. we start with one structure of our space dock. We just gotta get four more. We gotta we gotta pop four sleeper tokens, basically. And then when we have that, when one or more of your units use production, we gain a trade good. Yeah. So uh, this is this is great. You have a lot of uh, production units everywhere. Essentially, your whole slice is covered in production. Yeah. So anytime you activate any of your systems uh this is going to trigger and and give you a trade good so it's set up really well for you um i also find that this is a good commander to lend to other players yeah. through the alliance promissory note um specifically uh Arborek and sar can get a lot of value yeah. out of this because of the same deal of like lots of production windows means you're getting right. even more trade goods out of this but even just for anybody this is yeah this is an extra trade good every single time. Yeah, like I, it's... I would sell this to Arborek. I do not think I would sell this to Asar. I think, 
Sure. Like the the current conversation and the current meta is sort of like Titans and Sar, huh? A little crazy, yeah. don't you think? So like right. the last thing I want to do is give that Sar that might be my only true competition at the table. I don't want to give them this big of a leg up. Um, they're already yeah. a trade good generating like machine. And the last thing I need to do is give them even more trade goods. So, right. but, but Arborek, they might pay a, they might, this might fetch a high price <laughs> because they very much would like to further make their building more efficient and uh, that you could get maybe something decent out of them. I don't know if Stein, I, I don't know what that looks like, but yeah, lo lo love, love partnering up with an Arborek with this ability. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, I would call this like a, a mid tier uh, to maybe even upper mid mm. Uh, to your commander as far as the alliance value to to other players i i find people 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 dig this yeah. and uh and and they will want to get it it's not it's not the best of the best but it, it's 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 pretty solid the big um, thing is so in pok i feel like like trade goods in general are are more common but having an ability like this just keeps you at like a regular pace of it like there's some abilities that are oh, like sure, a little yeah. bit swingy in trade goods and this is just like nope i reliably have some extra dollars per round and that's that's way easier to utilize than like swingy trade good abilities yeah so uh, actually that's a great point and i i thank you for reminding me because i wanted to say this before we move forward um the i think my favorite part about it is that it helps you get trade goods in the late game yeah. when people might be like, especially to you, Titans, we're going to get to when we talk about objectives, Titans score a lot of victory points automatically without even thinking about it yeah. and without breaking a sweat. So in the late game, when it comes to those spendies, mm -hmm. people are probably not going to want to give you an inch. Yeah. And so the fact that you have, and it's slow, right? But the fact that you have this little ability to kind of just start accruing them over time um, it's 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 not bad and it, and it does help in the late game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about that hero geoform. Yeah, geoform allows you to ready your home planet Elysium, uh, and then you attach this card to it, and it's a plus three plus three, so three in resources, three influence, and it gives Elysium space cannon of five on a three. You treat it as though this planet has space cannon five times three, so it's it is effectively the qualities of a uh what do you call it? experimental battle station you just always yes. have on your home system yes um so yeah that's that's pretty nuts um i would say this is um and and uh, i might be I, I might be throwing out something that people are gonna disagree maybe a little strongly with i don't know um i would say the fact that it ready readies elysium don't worry about that too much yeah. i think I think it's all about just getting this attached as soon as you can. As soon as you have your hero, you should you should take you should take it. Right. Because um, getting the value out of you know every round having a home system that is essentially I mean for a single planet it's going to be like the best on the board basically every time. After yeah. The fact. That's that's nuts. Yeah. That it's a seven um, four. The space dock means you're producing nine units out of it whenever you want to. Um, 11 if you get space talk too don't um but and and the space cannon makes it inherently defensive um the the seven on it means the production capacity is so high you can easily get infantry down on it so even like yes. a round five single activation to just drop 
seven infantry there that plus the space cannon five times three just means like th- no- nothing's getting through this this brick wall of a home system um the point yeah. about not overthinking the readying elysium i do think is is really important the idea that like oh i could maximize my value and get eleven dollars in a round like i could spend elysium for four then ready it and get seven more dollars out of it you might have difficulty finding a way to even actually spend that money um with with titans because of how like your production is kind of all over the place and and you're spending it in weird areas i think you're actually disincentivized in having like huge chunky builds at a time because like we're building out of like two pds most of the time and then every once in a while building at home so yeah like hunter said don't over i mean if you can get the value do it if it works within your plan but don't wait around to get it so that you can right. maximize the value of it because maximizing the value of it is just getting those seven resources into your hands as fast as possible. That's that's true that's it, truly maximizing your value. Yeah, and and this might the, maybe this tangent sounds weird to you but as we go you're going to find that actually a lot of the heroes are built with this uh, where there's this kind of conflict of like uh, is this the last round? Right. Should I use this right. now? And and geoform is not that in my opinion. Right. If if you can if you can get this on round 2 or round three, I guess round two would be crazy early. Yeah, um, it's still possible, but uh, that would be nuts. But if you can, if you can get this on round three, just throw it out there. Yep. Just be like, yeah, Do okay. It. Now this it. is my home system, right. um, and it's uh, it's beautiful. And honestly, if you uh, actually, I'll tell you a story real quick. First time I played as Titans, my home system got taken from me, and that's bad. That should never happen. But it was a really good use of uh, solar flare, and uh, the player was playing as the uh nazaroka alliance and they had uh their flagship and a bunch of mech units and they just they totally took me by surprise mm-hmm. uh, but that should never happen to you this your your home system should never be taken as the most defensive one in the game yeah um let's so get into two more their, things left yeah the, into their tech then uh their faction techs yes. which should be pretty self-explanatory because we covered they have two faction specific units which means there's only room yes. for them to have faction specific upgrades uh, so the yes. first one is uh, our Saturn engine two, right? So we started with yes. a 1.5 cruiser, right? We started with a cruiser with some early capacity. So what happened to our Saturn engine twos? Well, we got the combat increase, right? It goes down to a six. The movement goes up to a three, like regular cruiser two. The capacity goes up to a two, which is pretty incredible. Now, now with two cruisers, we can have a fleet, uh, like have four things go with it. Um, but the big and crazy and scary and terrifying and reason people freak out about Titans is the Saturn Engine 2s also gain sustain damage, which means you can get yes. $2 sustain damage units into your fleets. Right. Yeah. So so this this is kind of, I would say, the, the backbone upgrade yeah. uh, for Titans. Uh, Saturn Engine 2s are, are wildly good because of their value, I mean, just two two resources getting you a unit with this much versatility. Uh, it's insane. Uh, there are a couple things that you're you're not getting. Obviously, if you were a Dreadnought faction, you would have access to Bombardment. There's no Bombardment here. And we're also um, not impervious to direct hit. However, direct hit, obviously not as uh, often going to be in your enemy's hands. However, I do feel like it is worth mentioning. Mentioning, but you do have your agent still, which is impervious to direct hit. Right. So I don't know. It right. kind of goes both ways. Well, and the other thing too is, even if you do get direct hit, it, it's two. Do- you lost two dollars. You're fine. It's fine. Right. You yeah, lost exactly. two dollars. It's a cruiser. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the whole yeah. thing that's so scary about them is there. There's eight units on 
Titans board that have sustained damage, and then more if they get Dreadnoughts. Yes. Like, it's, it gets right. right. It gets super, super scary with the Saturn engines. Obviously, this is a bit of a tax, though, on our fleet supply, because having yes. enough Saturn Engine 2s to do anything meaningful can become kind of difficult. But let's let's get into the rest of the stuff. Let's talk about the upgrade for their PDS, their Hell Titan 2s. So the, the biggest thing is their Space Cannon, the value goes from 6 to 5. Their combat value goes from 7 to 6. And then, of course, uh, they gain the Deep Space Cannon ability, right? They can use Space Cannon in adjacent systems. So honestly, all things considered kind of a light in the upgrade department they just started totally. they started with production totally. and we don't see that production go up any they started with uh the fact that they're ground forces and they still just are ground forces they hit a little bit better uh but i i, I don't see this as as scary of an upgrade because the unit started scary yes yeah so so i think to do to throw a little bit of early analysis into this um i think my excitement over the saturn engine 2 uh, tech upgrade is absolutely a hundred percent part of of your game. Yeah, almost every single time. Um, and and I don't know, maybe maybe that will change over time. But right now, it feels essential. Hell Titan Two, it's cool. I mean, depending on what other factions are at the table, it could be devastating, or it could just be kind of like, yeah, I don't know why you have that. Right. I guess. I mean, it's like people people are generally not going to be able to touch your planet. So the yeah. idea that you can shoot next door uh, is now. Well, I will say this about them though. Um, as far as a a faction that easily scores turn your fleets to dust, uh, they they're right here. <laughs> this is that faction, right? So right, that, it's, that it's would be when excuse. they're online, they they are about as fearsome as a PDS network can be. Yes, definitely. But it's, PDS two does not win games, right? And that, and it's just, it becomes like a I almost say win more, but it's almost not even win more. It's it's even more defensive. But the idea behind Titans. If you think about what like a what a PDS network with Deep Space Cannon is supposed to do is like, well, I got some PDS out there um, and it took me like four rounds to get like, you know, enough PDS to matter. Um, and then I get Deep Space Cannon and now I have like a truly defensive slice. Titans have a defensive slice by the very nature, like by round two or three. All of your PDS are already all over your slice, and those PDS are doing twice as much as any normal PDS does. So the yeah. idea that you yeah. need Deep Space Cannon to be a part of that is is certainly not a big factor. It's cool, and like Hunter said, you know, it's like it, it you become impervious to damage at that point practically. Right. But it's it's not needed um, because again, if we're trying to be objective focused, we don't need more defenses. We need more offenses. We need to be able to go get stuff, not just hold everything we have. Right. We're already great at holding everything we have. So it's, it's fine. Right. Um, and that, so that, that's our overview. That's, that's, those are the components, uh, the raw components of, uh, Titans. So I just want to do a little bit of synthesis before we move on, uh, to strategy cards. So, uh, so effectively, what does all this mean? together well i'll tell you i mean we are like i said before we are the the extra dream come true yeah. we are the defensive powerhouse in the game there is that they are the defense kings right essentially right um their abilities all specifically target many objectives and make them easier to score while saturn engine 2 is uh probably the most versatile unit in the game especially for the price it's a crazy 
uh, resource value. Well, it's hilarious too because what um, I would call the second most versatile unit in the game is the Hell Titan. <laughs> like it's they right. have basically the two most versatile, like in different ways. Yeah. Like a Hell Titan isn't moving all over yeah, the totally. map like a Saturn Engine Two is, but like the they have two units that do more than any other unit in, in the whole board game. Right, <laughs> right, right. So what is the work of playing uh, the Titan? So so you're going to spend a lot of your game focusing on activating your own systems in your slice in order to explore planets, place sleeper tokens, and later redeem those sleeper tokens for PDS or mech units. And there's like a tempo uh, to these abilities that all goes really nicely with ScanLink drone network. Mm -hmm. ScanLink allows you to explore planets after you've taken them. So there's this kind of like first round, all right, we take all these planets, we explore them, and we get sleeper tokens. Well, how are we going to get more? scan link yeah. that that is that it's so key that you start with this beautiful um production is also uh, i wouldn't necessarily call it a strength of titans so much as they have production versatility because of the hell titans um but we have to work smartly in order to avoid the kind of rigid uh, production bottleneck of the hell titan the hell titan can only produce one you're obviously gonna have more than one in most of your systems yeah. in two planet systems you're gonna at least have two you know um so it becomes this, there's this kind of game of like making sure that we're producing enough at home and also adding um, little, you know, a, a Saturn engine two here and there on the front lines. Um, it's, you have a lot of beautiful options uh, when it comes to production. I mean, not even to mention the fact that once you spend your hero, the production value that you have at home out of one space stock is so wild that space stock two, forget about it. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about right. space stock two. Right. Uh, you are, you are not going to need that. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, I, I um, feel like if we were to establish, like, if these are early days, right, and we, we don't want to, like, set anything in stone, the hypothesis of the Titans of old is that they are one of, if not the best faction in the game, and it is mostly the community reacting to these ridiculously defensive units, coupled with the fact that they have these ridiculous offensive units too in these in these cruisers. Like, your cruisers start with capacity, can get, like, you can do a lot with these cruisers, so they have both answers sort of solved they are offensive right. and defensive you can just send your cruisers out leave your slice empty because your your planets will defend themselves with these pds uh, on the table you you can do you can accomplish so much more um than so many other factions and that's like where the current fear is settling in with so many players before they've like really sat down with them i hope that through the rest of this episode where we like talk more about stuff, we can kind of maybe pull people back a little bit from the edge of thinking like, well, they're unstoppable. They're a completely unstoppable mess and there's no way that they will win every single game they ever play. Cause that probably isn't quite true, but they are very, very good and very, very defensive. Yeah. Um, so they do, I feel like they have one, uh, key weakness and, um, we're going to talk about it, uh, a lot in, in just, yeah just like the the next section but to just kind of tease it a little bit uh i have described a lot of reasons for the titans to use command counters right. they have so many reasons yeah. to do that constantly activating themselves um a a, a saturn engine 2 is you know unit to unit not inherently better than a dreadnought right. however um it it because you can have more of them that's that's great right yeah. so like so so if we had all of our saturn engine twos out versus all five of your 
dreadnoughts. That's fearsome, right? But the only difference there is the, the fleet supply value, yeah. right? So we need to have a high fleet supply and we also need to have lots of CCs. So influence is a key um, issue yes. for Titans. And I would say their only weakness is influence yeah. in general. So let's um, use that maybe to pivot into where we want to talk about uh, strategy cards. And, and we're going to take a big diversion uh, for our faction episodes where in the past we've always used this moment to talk about round one. And I think Hunter and I both really would like to get away from the just like let's only ever talk about these strategy cards in a round one context because that mm -hmm. always feels really limiting and we have a lot of the same conversations over and over and over again. Like diplomacy and construction and imperial always kind of end in the same value range and tech and you know, it's like, but these things matter throughout the game. So we really want to take a step away from round one. We will talk about round one strategy cards a little bit, but we want to talk about the strategy cards in general and how the Titans feel and think about the strategy cards throughout the entire game. So to lead yes. that off, as Hunter was just saying, leadership is number one and feels like leadership is pretty critical to our success, no? Totally. So so the way... The way this, this approach will probably evolve over the course of the year, but I decided to go with a bunch of uh, relationship mm -hmm. descriptors uh, for this this faction's relationship to a given strategy card over the course of the whole game. Um, so for leadership, I decided to describe their relationship as a, a needy yeah. relationship. Titans needs uh, leadership. Not even just, you know, I'm not even just saying in a sense of like uh, them taking it themselves, but they probably need... If they're not taking it, somebody needs to take it so that they can constantly spend influence-rich planets uh, on CCs in order to keep uh, the sleeper token to Hell Titan tempo up in the early game and then in the later game to continue to produce more units and uh, make use of our, our other abilities, our commander, uh, scan link, um, our, our mech deployment. Um, and then, and then if, we're, if we're talking about late, late game, uh, in order to stay competitive, we're going to need a high fleet supply for our Saturn Engine 2s. So essentially, we are just we are just eating up command counters. Yeah. I would say it, it is their Achilles heel. And the only game of Titans that I had that where I felt like it was I was not doing well, it all just came down to I did not have the CCs. Yeah, I did not have a, a the influence slice that I had was not cutting it. Yeah, and and um, and even outside of a strategy perspective, the games where you don't this is true generally speaking, but I think is doubly true for Titans. The games where you don't get a good command counter economy, boy, that's a snooze fest of a game sure. <laughs> for yes. Titans. Yeah. You don't do any of your things if you don't have a good CC economy, which means you aren't yes. playing much of a faction besides a faction that just kind of sits in their slice so if you want to even just have a good time take leadership as often as you can you need it you have to have command counters you need to get influence it's it's critical to not just your ability to do well but your ability to have fun <laughs> with this faction right right um yeah and and i would say in general to me leadership is is gonna have a, a early game importance a mid game importance yeah. and a late game importance yeah. it's never it's never not going to be something uh you should be thinking about now, when I say that, I don't mean um, that you should just take leadership all the time. I just mean like like the leadership is a card that should be up there in your mind. Right. If it's um, available, you, you should at least consider it. If it if it is available yes. to you on your turn to pick, and you had something else in mind, but leadership is also sitting at the table, you should go. Let me double check 
if this is around where the command counters feels like a thing that needs to be solved right now, or if I've definitely set, yes. okay, cool. I'll take tech or whatever I need to get. Totally. Um, so let's also talk about Diplo. And I'm so happy we have this new format so that we can talk seriously about Diplo rather than sure. being relegated to a round one perspective where we kind of always dog on Diplo. So Hunter, how do we feel about Diplo as Titans? Um, I would say that it is a, a normal relationship uh, with the diplomacy card with with one caveat uh being that we have a planet we have a single planet that is worth just a buttload yeah. <laughs> it's worth seven resources and four influence after the hero is spent so that's a lot of diplo value um <laughs> because we're getting that that guy back and we're get, it's notably better taking diplomacy after you've used the hero does the the hero ability of readying yourself yeah better than the hero does it you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right. it's like we get right. we're getting 14 out of that versus uh four and then seven there's a so. round where you had a four you used the hero used the seven and then pop diplo and use the seven again oh my god <laughs> Ugh. that's just but like we said that's... earlier the problem with that is you have trouble actually utilizing that amount of dollars you get your flagship for free most yes. of your production units only have one production. Like you are literally not incentivized to build space docks. You might get one forward dock just to have something as a forward base. So you're not using moving your units as much. But generally speaking, you have like the one space dock at home. So you're not like I can't use $14 in a single planet and spend that efficiently <laughs> because what i would rather yeah, do totally. is spend it across multiple builds throughout the round where i'm also getting a trade good for free and could spend that trade good on the build so like i don't i somehow don't have a strong need of 14 dollars per round but obviously it's especially useful when it comes to like spend resource objectives like i can i can get my seven dollars of value and then diplo gets me a boatload back and i can basically do that stage two without even breathing yeah completely um uh, another thing I really want to note is that you your your home system after using Geoform becomes a seven four. So you have four influence yeah. in that. And honestly, like you are probably gonna be in a place where you have a you have a much higher need for influence and resources. <laughs> right. So I would say it might hurt people it might hurt you to do this, <laughs> to have to spend a seven four for the influence, not optimal, but if you have diplomacy, it's gonna be just fine. Yeah. And 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 honestly, I would probably do that sooner than I would spend when I would try and spend 14 resources um, off a single planet yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in one round. I think that's a fair argument. I'd rather get a command counter and seven resources worth of value rather than like literally force myself to try and make a way for 14 resources to make sense across two builds like that. That yeah. is a tricky thing to do as Titans. Um, so, okay, let's get into politics. Uh, politics feels what? Pretty, pretty normal. Uh, the cruisers having the movement means we clearly must be uh, a custodian a, a, a first a second round mechatol faction right yeah so so we're good at uh taking the custodians i i, I and i like the idea because we are so good at at so many objectives that if we get any extra um we we might get a little bit of heat um because we're the titans and people are scared of us um but i you know i, I say get the points if you can get the points yeah. The only the only thing I would caution you against is we just got done talking about how important man counter economy and influence is. So if you're going to spend the six influence on round two, 
how much is that going to mess up your tempo? Yeah. So look at look at your situation, and I would say if it's if it's going to mess up your tempo like a lot, where you're not going to get you know any of your sleeper tokens awakened or anything like that, I would just consider the ramifications of it. Because the other thing too is, you know, it could be a situation where if you take the custodians, people are going to consider some very aggressive early uh early moves against you mm-hmm. and uh you know titans is not i wouldn't call them vulnerable in the early game but it still is it's never going to be in your interest for the whole table to be gunning for you on round two right well so, and the whole idea that you were just describing hunter is if you spend the influence on mechatol you might be vulnerable in the early game because you aren't getting sure. your sleeper tokens activated and finished so you aren't getting those early pds so like right. it is a situation where if the play if if the table decides that titans are this horrifyingly scary thing that most people yes. seem to agree on if they decide to push that meta just far enough you taking mechatol and not getting your pds out early could be a thing where they they go hard against you as fast as yeah. possible just to slow you down enough so it, it is a very very real consideration yeah yeah um and, and, you know, even it's funny, I, I would like to actually see this situation that we're describing. I, I, I haven't actually seen it because yeah. what I would love to see is to have an excuse uh, to use the 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 sleeper token, uh, getting the PDS on a planet that it has been invaded by another player. Mm-hmm. I would love to actually be in a situation where I needed to use that. So I don't know, maybe for science, you should really <laughs> rush for the custodian token, even if it's a bad idea, just to let me know like how that goes. Right essentially uh next um, but yeah it's, it's definitely worth talking yeah. about next up we have construction which i mean we just described like a way where we're getting all of our pds out for free so do we care about construction like at all i would say hopefully not um we we we're placing our pds down and and we basically to place all our pds every game There's, they're like the only faction that you're just going to get them all you're literally going to run out of pds yeah. Um, You're going to get all your PDS and all your mechs out, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily done. Um, And then your home system becomes that production powerhouse once you unlock the hero. So I would say that there's not... I don't know. I feel it's the kind of thing where, like, I want to avoid taking construction and I want to avoid having to place a space dock down. However, I have had games where I kind of started feeling like, you know, I would maybe like another space dock yeah. just because I've got all this uh, production, but I'm having to spend it like two at a time. Exactly. You know, it's like I'm activating over here. I've got two production. Okay. I'm going to build a, a cruiser in one fighter, yeah. you know, <laughs> and maybe even like lo- I'm losing half the value. Like your, I, I will say that there is an annoying factor of the Titans of like having your resources being all grouped up on planets where you can't always make use of the Hell Titan yeah, production right. because it's literally just like, all right, so I've got a three resource planet over here and I guess I'll spend it on one cruiser even though, and I guess I, I'll just waste the other resource because I don't have any more production value there. So um, I would say uh, try and avoid it if you have to take it, yeah. whatever. I, don't, I think the know. only other special consideration is mechatol rex is not an explorable planet so you cannot put a sleeper token there so the only way you're getting hell titans there is either via construction or i guess if you do transit diodes and like move them there Um, but we're not really going to advocate a transit diode strategy so i would say if you do the construction rush it could be worth doing the secondary of construction or taking construction the next round however 
taking construction feels kind of expensive, especially considering all the other things you could have or in leadership's case, really, really need to have. Um, yes. So uh, construction is one of those things where it's like, even though you already have a command counter problem, I'd rather do the secondary to get my uh, a, get a single Hell Titan on Mechatol Rex than then then I would take construction to put one or two Hell Titans on Mechatol Rex. The the secondary right. feels more valuable to me. I'll say for sure uh, we will never need to take construction in order to get structures down in order to score points so yeah. um and other factions might have to considering the objective so we could even talk about a situation where you get on a mechatol rex and somebody else is forced to take construction and let you get a hell titan on mechatol rex because that the structures are out right. like i gotta get that point right, right um so that's totally there uh trade um i i decided to call trade a suboptimal relationship obviously trade in general is just a good strategy card sure. but we're a two commodity faction um we have a good promissory note but it's uh it's it's kind of a one-time sell yep. uh note uh we're likely to have so we're like second to uh nra and i would say most likely faction to have like a um a slice with like a lot of attachments and like really planets that get really juiced up at one point i had a planet my slice was set up where it was like every planet was for influence except for two and they were like a seven and a five. It was my home system. And then like one other planet had like five resources on it. And it was just because I was getting attachment after attachment. Because yeah. you are you are exploring through the whole game. Whereas most factions only explore in the early game. And then, you know, maybe one or two factions will also explore throughout the rest of the game. But a lot of, a lot of factions don't. Yeah. Um, and if there's no NRA in the game, then they maybe don't even have a, much of a reason to. Um, but yeah, so so I would say overall trade is not got, not going to be the best for you as it is for other factions i will say if leadership is taken and your cc starved this is a way to make some extra money yeah. though and that's not nothing yeah um yeah with with yeah. the prevalence of trade goods in pok i feel like we're going to start seeing trade goods get spent more often on the influence that people need just to be able to pull off maneuvers and titans feels like the the the, the best example of that being a thing of like we are so mm -hmm. incredibly desperate for influence and command counters and not desperate at all for resources we're totally fine on the resource front that taking trade right. just to get more opportunities for influence i i think does make sense um right so and and i will i have a round one note for trade which is that um so we start with, you know, two cruisers with capacity one and a dreadnought with capacity one. That's three total capacity. Yeah. So that capacity is filled up with infantry. You do not want to use one of those ships as a trade ship. We need no. to get our sleeper token tempo going. We right. need to get those sleeper tokens down. So taking trade round one and then try, like I literally messed up and took trade. I was like speaker and I took trade Oof. as Titans and I immediately was like, I'm such a dumb, I'm a dumb guy, you know? <laughs> like, it made me real, that's when I realized I'm a dumb guy. Right. Um, and now I'm giving you advice on what to do. But I'm telling you not to do that. Yeah. So I would say don't. Yeah. Uh, so, Hunter, describe warfare. We talked about warfare earlier in, in the idea that it can speed up our tempo. But what other considerations are we making uh, with warfare kind of throughout the game? Because I feel like it's a weird idea with, with that card. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, it's 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 uncool in some ways, but I, I would say warfare and you have a, a special relationship. Uh, warfare lets you speed up the tempo 
of your sleeper token PDS placement. Um, and in special occasion, uh, situations, it could even help uh, you establish your Hell Titans in enemy territory. Like, like using the Hell Titans and the, the sleeper token tempo thing defensively is kind of a no-brainer. But with uh, Warfare, you could activate somebody else's system, take it from them, then use Warfare on that same system, activate again, explore, place a sleeper token. Next round, we activate and we have a, a PDS now, and we probably keep that planet in their slice mm -hmm. forever and just annoy them right. very much. I think this is extra um, useful if if it's a thing where we like stretch if we're talking round 1, we stretch out, we go take an equidistant with the cruisers, right? And then we take right. the northmost position in someone else's slice, like they weren't able to get adjacent to Mechatol Rex, but we lifted the token and then we can take Mechatol Rex. Right. And yes. put a sleeper token there. And so then next time when we bail on that and like go back into our slice or whatever, they have this looming presence of a sleeper token there that anytime we decide we want to go back and take those planets again or whatever, we're just going to do it. We're just going to get those without even thinking about it. I think that is like to me, that feels like the thematic intent of Titans, but it is clearly the less efficient and like useful way to play that. Like we are so much better at just right. sitting and holding our own stuff, but there is this idea of like a hyper aggressive go get stuff because then later you'll be able to hold it or retake it even better uh, than you did the first time you took it or whatever. So th there, yeah. there's a there's at least at least a trajectory there that makes sense, but I don't know that it is the most efficient use of your time. Right. Um, I will say, so I actually somehow forgot about this and then like, uh, like someone in the priorata had to remind me. Um, but I took the, one of my first Titans games, I took warfare round one and I had a three planet system oh, yeah. in my slice and that is delicious. And you're not really doing anything. You know, it's like you're moving to that system, invading all three planets, getting sleeper tokens down, you warfare, you now can move you onto other, you can basically fill out the rest of your slice and then reactivate that three uh three planet system and get three hell titans down round one yeah. before you even go into round two that is a beautiful opening um and there are two you know three planet systems in the game yeah. so that opportunity is uh is gonna be not that uncommon so i would say always go for that that's a cool way to open for sure uh so technology we feel like um you know we have two upgrades that are great uh and but we start with two pretty decent techs so i'm kind of wondering mm -hmm. how deep into tech we want to go obviously we'll talk more about like specific tech paths later to kind of further clarify this but um i, I to me it feels like and and maybe this is just me because i i feel this way generally about prophecy of kings but i don't feel a, a need to get tech every single round i don't i don't feel like we you know Two and two doesn't come up nearly as often. So if that's not mm -hmm. coming up, I kind of am like, you know what? Maybe I can get away with barely doing tech at all this game. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would make, I think I agree, but just tempered down sure. a little bit. We don't have a, a, a deep need for that many techs. Um, whenever we get to tech paths, I think there's like two core tech yeah. I'm going to describe. And then after that, it's kind of all extra. Um, but you know, it's like, it's kind of like the trade discussion where it's like tech is as good as it, it always is. Um, I just would say that Titans are not a faction that need to prioritize tech mm -hmm. in a way that other, uh, other factions need to, uh, there's like a couple tech they need. And then pretty much after that, it's all like extra stuff that maybe you want to get. Yeah. 
Um, is there a yeah. need for tech round one? We start with a blue tech, which means there is a world where gravity drive is important, but we don't because we don't have carriers. We don't. It feels like the gravity drive thing is less important because our cruisers are moving too anyways. So anything that we would have needed gravity drive for is already covered. So like, is tech around one play that we actually care about? I think Saturn engine ones are cool enough that I would not say that that tech is a round one mm -hmm. concern. Uh, spending those four uh, resources at home on plastic, I think, is probably uh, the better get. Uh, obviously, except for all of the the obvious concessions, like the tech objective comes out, or you know, you just you just have uh, you have a reason to go after something like psycho archaeology from the get go, or something like that. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I would say plastic is probably more important for them at the very beginning of the game. Um, and so then we can finish up on Imperial and again, very excited for the new format to not have to just talk about like, nope, don't do Imperial. Cause we're talking about the whole game here. Right. So right. Imperial, um, obviously early is whatever, but, uh, we already talked about Mechatol Rex being like a major player, which means yeah. kind of inherently Imperial has this big get ahead of the pack thing now we can debate forever about whether it's a good idea to play imperial while you're on mechatol rex and get like too many points or whatever but if mm -hmm. we're just talking in general about scoring points you have a really high likelihood of being able to get to mechatol rex uh and being able to hold mechatol rex and so imperial kind of feels like a somewhat no-brainer not better than anybody else and and there's there are games where you avoid it but to me it feels like imperial is is going to obviously do us a lot of favors and if if in the mid and late game we would like to just sit in our slice and activate ourselves a bunch and not go do crazy gallivanting across the galaxy also scoring some imperial points i think feeds into that strategy uh very very well yeah um i i think saturn engine twos are are really good at taking mechatol rex uh, in, in the early and even, uh, mid game, uh, the only, you know, uh, the only problem there is, uh, the lack of bombardment, yeah. but beyond that, uh, winning the space battle is, I mean, you'd have to, uh, another faction would have to really prioritize getting a lot of plastic in the air of the Mechatol Rex in order to, uh, to kind of outrun, uh, how many Saturn engine twos you'll be. I mean, essentially it's like, once you get that tech, Every cruiser you have on the board could go to Mechatol Rex right, right now. Right. Yeah. So so it's hard to really um, prepare for that. You are only now, limited by your fleet supply, basically. Yeah. Once you have Saturn yes, Engine too. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I would say it's 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 a fairly important card for them, um, especially because like I think in a in a good uh, Titans game, you sort of try to win. Uh, even early if you can. So any extra points you can gather, I think would be, yeah. uh, you know, dynamite. Right, right. Well, cool. That So that's going to wrap up our hour plus long uh, first half of the show. So we're going right. to take a quick little break and then we will be back with the, I guess, second half. Oh, dear. <laughs> Okay, and we're back, so let's let's start getting into maybe at a faster pace. I don't know. Yeah, uh, let's, no, we can do let's it. Let's talk about tech uh, more broadly rather than just the, the tech strategy card. Let's talk about totally. our tech needs and desires. Yeah, so I want to call out, um, got some really good pre errata from uh, Kaluan mm -hmm. uh, about this. Uh, so core tech, 
or Titans? What are the what are the first techs you get? There, there's really two uh, possibilities. There's AI development complex or psycho archaeology. You're gonna get one of those two, and then your next tech is gonna be Saturn Engine Two. So let's talk about your options. So um, AI Dev is always an easy first purchase uh, for Titans. It's kind of the no-brainer first pick um, because it's gonna allow you to skip into Saturn Engine Twos and get it early, and which we want to do. Um, we definitely want to get Saturn Engine Twos before we want to get Hell Titan Twos in almost all situations, I would say. Um, and then it also qualifies us for Hell Titan Twos, which is pretty cool. Uh, we don't even need to use the the AI dev right. skip in order to get Hell Titan Twos. We get that kind of on the house. Well, and, and what's um, also juicy about that is once we, if we do get both, th- this is very nice if we are very much planning to get Hell Titans Two because Saturn Engine Twos and Hell Titan Twos makes our future ai dev productions even better right because ai dev gets better the more upgrades we have and we are a faction that has this kind of fun uh desire to get maybe both of their faction upgrades and then maybe get more so we can make our uh spending our our production even cheaper in the future however as we've already talked about we kind of don't necessarily have a money problem so maybe that those savings aren't like (laughs) such a big deal but we that it means we can stockpile more trade goods for for late game uh spendies so i i I like that side of it totally um and then your other option and i would say this is the cooler better option although i did not get to do it because i did not have a red skip in my slice but is psycho archaeology uh which allows you to exhaust essentially use a tech skip on a planet without actually exhausting Mm -hmm. uh the planet um so if you start with the red skip in your slice that's great um then you should definitely go for this because you can you essentially accomplish the same goal as ai dev right you're going to be able to get uh saturn engine twos uh, as quickly as possible but you have more versatility and what's really great is we're also going to talk about hyper metabolism and how much we would like that because it helps with our uh command counter thirst problem but if you don't start with the red skip, then I wouldn't say this is the way to go. I would say AI dev is kind of the default, not as great, and psycho archaeology yeah. is the we're doing awesome. Yeah, the dream um, Titans slice is a red skip and a green skip in the slice, and you use psycho yes. psycho arc to skip to Saturn Engine two, and then you use psycho arc to skip to hyper, and then you're kind of like, well, we're good. We got like the things we need, and everything else is just like is is icing on the cake at this point. Totally. And it's also worth mentioning that we are an exploration faction. So um, the likelihood that we are going to eventually find a red skip, even if we don't start with one, is high. Now, what's sad is this will be the first tech that you get. So I I definitely was in a situation where I had decided to go the AI dev route. And then later I found a red skip. And another reason to not just just to not worry about the tech round one and focus on the plastic. See how your initial round exploration goes and then decide on tech round two and and you can kind of wait it out. Uh, So, okay, so then what's after either Psycho Arc or uh, uh, AI Dev, which we've talked about as Saturn Engines. uh, What's after Saturn Engine 2s? We did one of the two branching paths, both of which coalesced back into Saturn Engine 2s, and then we get to decide some other direction. Yeah, so I'm just gonna kinda go through all of the options and give some notes really fast. So I'm gonna cover a lot of things very quickly and just kinda give you some some overall notes on it. Um, So obviously, one thing we could think about is the Hell Titan 2s, which we've sort of already succeeded in in throwing a little bit of cold water on. Um, but obviously the upside here is that we get we have a PDS ne- network that we can use to really punish other players and further discourage aggression against us. Uh, it can absolutely shut down some factions that have 
you know, kind of slower starts um, because of the speed that your network gets up. We get our PDS out there faster than anybody in the business. Um, but in some games, it's just not going to be that essential. Um, I mean, there there is Solar Flare as a card that exists. Uh, you could also just have a crazy amount of soak, depending on what faction we're, we're going up against. Um, and so just, I would say, remember that regular Hell Titans are still pretty awesome at helping you hold these planets. So this upgrade is truly uh, just PDS2. It's very hard in this show to specifically tweak how much I want to say Hell Titans 2 is good. Yeah. Because I think <laughs> if, if I was being honest with you, I would need you to call me in your game in order for me to tell you whether it's going to shine or not. Yeah. It just depends on your neighbors and the general setup of, right. of the map and everything. Yeah. The, the, um, the big the big point is it's definitely not an automatic get. So you get yeah. Saturn Engine 2, you look at the board state, you look at the rest of your game, and you decide right then and there, are we getting Hell Titans 2 or not? And if you aren't, move on with your life and, and explore something different, right? So uh, yeah, what what's yeah. the first path we should look down? Yeah, so I think, I think of your options, um, your best uh, is probably, and this is going to be boring, but... Uh, blue tech yeah. blue path um probably the most reliable uh fleet logistics light wave deflector these are very useful tech and they have not gotten less useful um with titans we have to be mindful with uh, fleet logistics because of our command counter situation so like in order to make use of all of this extra actions we can be, be taking we have to make sure we have a good uh influence setup um however you also don't have to use fleet logistics every single right. turn in order for it to be good right um, well, and like we described earlier, too, there, there's the whole, I mean, you, like I said earlier, well, Saturn and 2, you basically always have access to taking Mechatol. So, like, somewhere in your game, there is a take Mechatol and then Fleet Logistics Imperial in the same turn action available yes. to you if you have yes. Fleet Logistics. So, it's wickedly right. good for them because you can just jump right. on Mechatol whenever you want to. Yes. Uh, Lightwave Deflector, uh, crazy good with our super fast Saturn 2s as we can basically go wherever we want, make a play anywhere. Uh, grab drive is su situationally useful, mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily for our Saturn Engine 2s. They move fast enough. They do not meet, need to move at a 4. Yeah. Uh, but I'm about to talk about Carrier 2, and that is useful for getting car Carrier 2 and also just useful to have uh, in order to have the versatility of moving your carriers along with your cruisers. Um, uh, dark Energy Tap is probably uh, too much activating that, that we can't really afford. Um, but if you, if you got the cash, whatever. Um, and then the last note is sling relay does not work on PDS. Okay. Wow. That was blue. Does it that not? I every... did I literally didn't even know that before this. I, I did not realize no. it doesn't work on, on PDS. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so that is only going to work on your space dock at home. So whatever. Yeah. I would say not as good. It's still worth a stall, but whatever. Weird. Um, carrier two is an upgrade I want to talk about. Um, I would say that one of the only weaknesses that Saturn Engine 2s have is their lack of bombardment. Uh, obviously, Carrier 2 doesn't come with bombardment, <laughs> but uh, you have the speed to get your ground forces to many different targets, but sometimes you just can't get enough infantry there. Building a Carrier 2 at home and loading it with infantry and fighters pairs very well uh, with just going down blue. Yeah. Uh, this beauty of you know having lots of influence having uh, Saturn Engine 2s with Carrier 2s as support so that, yeah, we can't bombard, but we can throw a bunch of a bunch of boys and mechs down at the places mm -hmm. that we need to go. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I would. I I, I really like uh, Carrier Two. Carrier Two as the seems supplemental like upgrade. the most important upgrade outside of our faction techs. Maybe yes. you can make a case too for Infantry Two, but I think generally speaking, Carrier Two does more heavy lifting in the I need to take planets department than Infantry Two ever does. So I would definitely lean that way. And so yeah, if if, if we're really itching to to solve some more problems, I mean, so far we've only described two problems in this entire faction, which is like. Uh, influence <laughs> and then this thing of like cruisers still can't inherently definitely take stuff by themselves and they're a drain on fleet supply so if you haven't solved for influence carrier two could help solve that problem uh, more than the fact that you just will never get the influence you need right that that's sort of right. your other option of how to fix that problem yes yes um all right i'm gonna give you some green path uh, takes. I think this uh, Green Path has the next um, most useful tech that uh -huh. we could talk about. Uh, so uh, Hyper is the star. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that we want to get. Um, if we go the psychoarchaeology psycho route, um, we just need to find a skip up to Hyper, uh, which would be beautiful, and obviously Psycho makes that easy to do. Um, so that's great. Neural uh, would be okay, uh, but we have other early game priorities for tech, so Neural takes a hit there. Um, I wouldn't say very important. Uh, Daxiv actually goes nice with Saturn 2s since we'll be just like punching our way to victory on every planet, um, but not essential. Uh, Biostims we need to talk about um, because <laughs> if you get Biostims, Hell Titan 2s, and Graviton, you can use Graviton laser systems twice in one round, right? Maybe. So Biostims allows, once you, once you exhaust... Um, an an ability like graviton biosims will allow you to refresh it. Uh, that just I just need to say that's this funny. Is the, that's just that a wackadoodle thing. That. that I don't think either of us are recommending that as like the proto no, no. titan strategy. No. But I feel like we're also both accepting of a world where pok means we get to just do more fun stuff that we just want to do. Uh, and that yeah. is a, certainly a good thing you can want to do. But it is not like yeah. better than blue tech. <laughs> basically right right definitely definitely not um and then i just want to say x89 is a no-go because we do not have bombardment yeah okay red path uh plasma scoring i would say overkill in most situations i only researched it once in my research games and it was because i needed a little extra bombardment and i still regretted it um <laughs> majin overkill yeah we have hell titans we do not need an extra hit uh hopefully i mean may maybe not i mean I don't know. It, it depends on what you're going up against. I could see a fringe case where Majin helps you, but I think generally it's overkill. Uranium uh, is kind of win more for Saturn 2s. I think some people are going to disagree with me there. Um, but I would say, hopefully, you just have a lot of fleet supply and enough Saturn Engine 2s to where Uranium would just kind of not really be worth it. Yeah. Um, assault Cannon, I like, um, but that's all the way down there i think it's the best one that you could get because right. uh, it just give you a little and, extra um and the real problem there is if you have a red skip you would have been better off going green and using the red skip than going down red and skipping to the deep red stuff right it's it, yes. it doesn't quite make as much especially because most red skips are still expensive and so the idea that you're gonna red skip and lose out access to all those resources or worse really big influence planets is just not sustainable uh, for for the things yeah. that you need yeah um let's talk about destroyer 2 because um 
I think that Destroyer 2 doesn't really work for Titans right now. Although, obviously, Destroyer 2 is uh, still, I would say, the cool, hot uh, unit upgrade to Champion. However, I do not think Titans are that person. We're um, a fleet supply, uh, thirsty, uh, thirsty faction. Uh, so I feel like there's just not room for these in the fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that develops. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe a special case. Right. But um, let's talk uh, Yellow Path real quick. Uh, Sarween uh, gets you a lot of value comparatively to other factions because we have a lot of instances of production. Mm-hmm. We already talked about Graviton a little bit with uh, Biostems, but to me it's totally win more, but in the right situation can be completely ridiculous. Like I said, you are the only faction for sure in most games that have their full PDS network out. So Graviton can just be Terrifying. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> just disgusting. Um, predictive Intelligence doesn't really make a lot of sense to me um yeah you're you're we want to have a lot of ccs but we, we want to be using them for stuff uh the fact that it lets us redistribute is to me not going to be super relevant uh transit is actually better than i thought it was I, I forgot matt you reminded me in this episode that you can use transit on your hell titans yeah so transit is a little better than i've given it um credit for in the past but i i don't think it's enough to warrant going down no. the yellow path i, I don't th- if you have the yellow skip i would get transit that that's where transit comes in is like I, I think it's definitely worth it if there's a yellow skip and you've already gone like the psycho arc route or whatever and i'm just gonna like mm-hmm. in the mid or late game i'm just like well i could get i have four bucks laying around just sitting here in the closet and i've got it and i could get it and then get transit diodes and start doing crazy stuff with my hell titans right. so i don't right. think it's worth centering my tech path around but as an extra get later on i'm totally down for it right right um okay and then all we have left now are some unit upgrades to talk oh wait well integrated economy i don't really think so yeah. but uh, feel free to disagree I feel with me bad there, that but we, we you and i have never been very hot on integrated economy and there, there's a there is a sect of people out there that think it's like super cool and and you should get it um and you know good for you guys you keep doing that but it's not a it's not a train we're on yet i'm sorry i mean it does help with your production bottle that yeah like definitely. in order to if i've got integrated economy i can probably just build out of my pds and and out of the planets i'm stealing from other people right. so that's kind of cool um who, who knows I'm, i don't know maybe we'll turn we'll turn around on that in the future um space dock 2 silly uh infantry 2 i don't think so yeah. uh dread 2 i would say only if your um your command counter game is is really not going well dread 2 is another um, one too because, where you you have you start blue yellow if you yeah. go down blue path like it might be your third unit upgrade for the point or whatever right it's just like it's yeah, there yeah. it's just sitting there waiting for you if you decide to get it but you're just probably not building that many dreads yeah i really like carrier 2 for the versatility instead of dread 2 which is why carrier 2 is like kind of the main one i'm recommending outside of the faction upgrades um but i did ha- i did have like a bad game with titans where i just didn't have the command counters and i realized i just needed to get dread 2 right. just to be to stay competitive um fighter 2 i don't really have an argument for um, and the last thing I want to talk about in this section before we move on is uh, War Sons. So I had it in my head that that Titans might be a War Sun faction because <laughs> just the idea of building a War Sun out of a PDS wherever, you know, on the front lines just seems so cool to me. Um, I will say, though, I never really got it to work because in this world, 
that you go after War Sun, you're, you're maybe not going after Carrier 2, or at least I can't recommend that you do both of that. <laughs> that is the limit that we place on ourselves in the show. I can't just tell you to get every tech in the game. Yeah. So in, in the War Sun path, I don't have the fighter screens to support uh, the War Suns, right? Because I'm basically surviving on Saturn Engine 2s and not being able to build up any units that have solid uh, fighter screens. So I feel like they have kind of failed for me at this point as a War Sun faction. That's okay. They don't need to be. They do fine without them. Um, but I could see a future where uh, people find a way to uh, make that work. Yeah. Obviously, the AI dev path goes pretty neatly right. into the idea of eventually getting War Suns. Right. Yeah, AI so, dev with a red you skip, you could do it. Like we said, I don't want to really inefficiently yep. use a red skip that way. But the, the thing I think about, like, okay, yeah, we need a fighter screen or we could just have a Saturn Engine 2 screen. <laughs> and right. If we get our fleet yes. supply high enough, War Suns are protected by our cruisers taking all the hits, I guess. But that's sure. cer certainly yeah. a larger that's insane. Uh, investment. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into kind of a new topic for us to get into, which is we need to talk about this faction's relationship with exploration now we've talked about this a lot and uh clearly we are pro <laughs> pro exploration <laughs> but i think it deserves some more exp uh some we need to explore the exploration a little bit more <laughs> uh, and to do so first off we have some pre-errata from milty which is just a very very nice simple timing window breakdown these are the order of operations because this is going to come up in your first game and you just need to have this laid out you might as well put this on like a little note card and put it next to your faction sheet because this is just like such a thing that that is constantly on your mind and in your first couple games, not just as Titans, but in POK where there's like these new timing windows in general, you have to think about this stuff. So order of operations, you activate a system. When you activate that system is when you pop scan link. Uh, then after you explore a planet, so after you've taken a planet, you've invaded it, after you explore, you do terragenesis, right? Then after that is when you would awaken stuff because the sleeper token needs to have already been there for your terragenesis to do anything. Uh, so then you have the sleep sleeper token to turn into a PDS and it only awakens uh, the ones that were already there. Then we can do production and our commander can get trade goods to use during the production because it's when you use production uh, and you <laughs> and you only gain it if you actually produce units. You can't activate a system uh, with a PDS, produce zero units and gain a trade good. You do have to do production. But there, that's kind of the like walkthrough of events provided by, by Milty. And that, that is a thing that you think about every single time you put a command counter on the board. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, uh, I'm going to gripe. Uh, it's annoying. <laughs> it is an annoying amount of afters and wins that you're going to think about every time you play Titans because you need to, for some reason, you have to explore the planet in order to do anything with your sleeper tokens. They're connected to exploration mm -hmm. in a way that is a little a little strange. So just make sure you have your, your you know, activate scan link terragenesis awaken stuff all figured out and and also i i, I just want to make sure that that matt that matt and milty did not just confuse anybody if you already have a sleeper yes. token the sleeper token gets exchanged for a pds on activation yes. when like for the so before anything else you can't you can't yeah. go from sleeper token to flagship you can't go from nothing yes. to pds it is a one step right. at a time per activation 
Nothing to sleeper token to PDS to flagship. Done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So are um, we are we Titans an exploration faction? Is that a thing that we focus on? Yes. Um, I, I actually think we are a pretty good uh, exploration faction due to starting with Scanlink. Mm-hmm. We also get a free attachment from our hero. So we have an, an advantage uh, when it comes to attachment points. So we may as well focus on uh, exploration because this, we're gonna get we're gonna just lean into it. It's it's great. It's it's good. Uh, the only special note I have, and this is I've people laugh at me a lot for being so annoyed at at this um, exploration card, but DMZ Demilitarized Zone, which is a cultural exploration card. I hate it. It sucks. <laughs> it's annoying. Um, you can disagree with me, sure, but if I'm Titans, I want to have PDS on all of my planets because I want my production to be as high as possible in each system. Um, so I like when when you get the DMZ thing, yeah. So so your your PDS will die uh, if you have any there already. You don't lose your infantry; they go into space, and you get to keep that planet. So what? I I I'm I'm Titans. I don't need help defending my planets. Yeah. Okay, DMZ, back <laughs> off. All right. I want I'm using that space. Okay. Yeah, it's so, rough too because cultural planets are very nice to re-explore because they have no sort of cost associated with them, right? Re-exploring industrial planets is like there's like a weird commodity thing you have to always work around, and re-exploring mm-hmm, hazardous mm-hmm. planets if you don't have mechs there, it's super annoying. Which we probably don't have that problem right. also because we can turn our sleeper tokens into mechs. So on all our hazardous hazardous planets, we can just make sure there's a mech there instead of a PDS or in addition to a PDS or whatever. Sure. But the sure. culturals, it's just like man, you would really love to be able to just keep reactivating those over and over again but until the dmz pops out on somebody else you have this constant threat from the dmz so i think it's a valid concern yeah to put it in practical terms i would say uh with a cultural planet when i take it the first time i will explore it hopefully i don't get unlucky but after that i actually don't use scan link on cultural planets until somebody else gets dmz or god forbid you have a system with two cultural planets on it and that's it so when you activate your only choice is cultural planets that that blows yeah. and you should just avoid those slices <laughs> don't get del um, where you would have that. <laughs> so annoying yeah uh, okay so let's, um, yeah that's exploration let's get into uh their their meta game their trading how they handle their interactions with other players uh, i i think yeah. my first note just to throw it out there is what we've already talked about which is this faction has heat on them right that's you are right. going to yes. especially like if we're talking about the upcoming tournament good luck getting trading done because i think players are going to be like nope you're titans i don't want to talk to you just in general just as yeah. a baseline yes. i don't yes. like you you're good on your own and i'm gonna let you be on your own the whole time right and you're a two commodity faction so you're just not it's it's not an advantage that you really have the only thing that i feel like you really have that's worth talking about when it comes to trading is your promissory note terraforming um what's annoying i think it's very good i actually think it's undervalued by the meta right now um however it is a one time sell so once it's attached to another planet you cannot sell it again you could steal that planet (laughs) from that player after they use terraform and that would be cool if you did that Uh, i haven't seen it happen yet but i'm just saying i just put it out there please do that at some (laughs) point i want to see it um and and what's crazy about it too is like like terraforming because it gives that planet all three um all three what are they called traits. types yeah all three uh, traits. traits uh it helps with a lot of objectives so i it's and and 
I don't know. It's like it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to judge, but I would say try and hold on to terraforming yes. because once objectives come out, that you you might sell this and then an attachment objective comes out and it's like oh that's worth a lot or and then uh, a control uh, planet type objective comes out and it's like oh that's it's yeah. worth even more now. So I would say wait to see what objectives come out before you sell it yeah. because the the price might go up. Right now I feel like people don't give you enough money for terraforming and I've I sold it every game. Yeah, you basically you, you pretty much. You, you will sell it. Yeah, you basically. want it to be worth a point, though. Like, you want to be giving someone yeah. their fourth hazardous for it, that kind of thing, because that's when you get the real value out of it. Um, uh, Spaz91 spells out the value really nicely of it, which is just, this note helps score two public stage ones, three secret objectives, it is a stall, and it gives plus one per round remaining in the game. Now, we're kind of saying maybe stall it out, which makes that last factor less so right if you're if you're selling it around sure. four the plus one value is probably not very worthwhile to them so there's there right. is kind of an right. ebb and flow of like maybe you do want to give it to somebody as early as possible but the just the idea is you're going to get probably less money the earlier you do it um unless you can like really schmooze it up and talk to people about like how important it is to have this or whatever um so yeah i i, I it has a lot a lot a lot of value it's just a matter of you kind of making that case to the player you're trying to sell it to and and picking the right yeah. time i think that's the hardest part and what people mess up is like wait for the person like jump on somebody who has like a trade good surplus or or has a, an alliance you really need or whatever like look get get mm -hmm. what makes sense in value um but don't undersell it um because because then you're going to look at it in the late game and be like i gave them a point in round two and didn't realize it was a point at, at, at round two and then round five it became a point for them because it was their fourth hazard right or whatever. exactly and and that's going to happen at some point, obviously, but yeah, just, this is, this is like what you're shooting for. Um, one other thing I want to say is, uh, Spaz, uh, mentions the three secret objectives that this helps you with. So if someone is trying to buy this from you, do not be afraid to counter offer because uh -huh. if they want this from you, it's not because they want plus one plus one <laughs> right. for the rest of the round. Like they're wanting this because it's going to help them score a point. So don't be afraid to say, hey, um, I think maybe more than two trade goods, actually. Yeah, I yeah. think this might be worth a little more than, than that That's to you. That's such a funny point of... Uh, that, that, that could be a whole thesis for an essay about trading in general in TIs. Like, if anybody ever asks you for something, they want it for something. They want... That's, there's a reason <laughs> that they want that, and you should probably right. figure out what that reason is and, and get more out of it. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, kind of another, I, we're just unveiling all these new little uh, categories of these episodes, but we wanted to, instead of doing like a mid-game, late-game discussion, or like a where do we find our victory, which has been kind of a thing we've done in the past, we just wanted to talk a little bit more specifically about victory points, right? The whole point of this game is to get 10 victory points, so where do Titans fall in the quest for 10 victory points yeah so so let's talk about the stage one objectives uh many of them are super easy for reasons that are probably obvious at this point but structures very easy the flagship one no brainer yep. easy uh spendy objectives pretty easy especially after the hero um although we don't love influence spendy yeah. um attachments we have a natural advantage towards um Technology specialties we even have an advantage towards because we have ScanLink out the gate. Yep. We are going to explore more than basically anybody except for NRA. NRA is like the only faction that, that is going to explore more than we will. Um, 
I will say two and two colors is a little annoying because we start with a blue and a yellow. Obviously, we like the blue path. We don't necessarily love the yellow path. So if we if the beginning of the game starts with that one, we probably are like, I don't want to I don't want to have to go blue yellow just because of this. Um, so that's a little annoying. Spending command counter objectives annoying, not necessarily something we want to see. Um, stage two objectives are also like like a couple of them are there's a there is a structure stage two that is auto win titans <laughs> right I, I don't even remember how many structures it is i think it's like five yeah five structures, five total structures. which is a lot for some factions that is nothing for titans right. you're gonna have that by like round two yeah. okay yeah. so so that is the stage two that if that one comes out you you are basically automatically in the clear um a lot of the stage two spendies will be especially stage two resource spendy uh pretty easy they're they're in a in a pretty decent position uh for uh many of the stage twos and a lot of the ones that they're going to struggle with are ones that most all factions struggle right. with anyway two and four colors are just hard to do no one's doing yeah. so you're fine you're not you're not set back by not accomplishing two and four colors yes yes and also uh we kind of failed to mention this in the exploration part of the guide but because we are good at exploration the idea that we are going to be able to snatch up one of those relic points yeah. that are out there is pretty high um obsidian the one that lets you get an extra secret objective also very likely um to go after that we want that we want shards stuff like that um there's a world where if you get to do a support swap uh which i actually played a game recently where i was re they refused to support swap with me. i think that's going and to if be they common. had i yeah yeah so so but if you can get that done then you can pretty reliably get all of the stage one scored and then just find like a little extra point here and there and you don't have to worry about stage twos right. um in fact speaking of extra points let's talk about secrets uh many of those are also auto win or very achievable um i looked through every single one to see like what it was easier for me to tell you which secret objectives you want to avoid <laughs> than it would be to tell you which ones are good for you yeah. because they're just good at that many there are only two secret objectives in the deck that you want to avoid um if you're titans and this is special considerations obviously um form a spy network discard five action cards that's bad for nobody wants that yeah. um but i'm not going to even talk about that one so gather a mighty fleet have five dreadnoughts silly we don't want to get that if we're titans right. like we, the part of our whole appeal is that we can get by without having to build those those costly dreadnoughts we can build our saturn engine twos and just avoid it it just kind of takes some of uh, the spice, the flavor out of Titans. So yeah. let's avoid gathering. So, something we, we talked can. about with that is that was like our. So okay, if it's if it's between our first two options, we we draw two, and one of them is gather a mighty fleet, and the other one is anything else. Cool, we'll take the other thing. If gather a mighty fleet is like something we draw round two, I might be okay with having it because like we said earlier, like you have money, and sometimes you can't sure efficiently yes. do the small builds, so you just drop a couple of dreadnoughts or whatever. So gather a mighty yeah. fleet is in that way slightly easier but yeah if it's like a round four imperial draw and you get gather a mighty fleet ugh, draw again get something yeah. different go, do it again next round or whatever um but this other one significantly worse sure uh but it's but it's also in the kind of the same theme it's fuel the war machine have three space docks on the board we, we don't want to have to have i mean I'll, I'll tell you i maybe in some fringe cases you might build a second space dock the, there's no reason that you're going to need three space stocks in any Titans game. Uh, so that that one will just be a bummer to get. It, it goes against the flavor of your faction. Uh, it goes against one of your advantages, basically, yeah. is not having to uh, worry about that stuff. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically it though. Beyond that, like you are, you are either baseline good at all objectives or a majority of them, you have some sort of advantage, yeah. uh, right. too. It's, right. it's kind of ridiculous. This is, it's, it's really obvious why people consider this, uh, a high tier faction. I think the only real question to answer with Titans is what is the order between them and Jolnar and Saur. Sure. That's really yeah. it. Is well, how do they stack? And and the thing that's crazier too about it is, you know, we're good at all these um, victory points. We're good at all these objectives. And we are one of the most defensive factions in the game. So not only yeah. do we get the lead easily, we hold the win very, very, very well. Um, and that's what makes people very afraid of Titans in like a competitive scenario and why people are very worried about what's going to happen is even in games where uh, they're, you know, they're, they're always going to be in the pack. And when they're in the pack, you can't do anything to knock to knock them out of the pack, generally speaking. Right. So right. like the their pacing is only based on what they're able to do in, like in their own slice. And and you either watch them win or you watch them lose and somebody else win but yeah. you will have very little uh factor into that decision basically right right um so let's talk uh final thoughts on on titans um for me titans are a very reliable action to play um you get kind of you kind of know what you're getting uh even more so than i i would say sar is a, is a top tier faction that it feels like you're, you know, riding a wild horse. Um, Titans is more like Jolnar where it's like, you're good at this thing and and that's always good. But yeah. this is even more like that. Like, like Titans, it almost feels like you, when you, when you're playing them, you're kind of going through a lot of very, very similar uh, motions. It's like, it's like a focused Jolnar. Mm -hmm. Jolnar has an advantage, which is tech and, and, and tech can go Wherever you all these it. different yeah. directions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if anything, the, the POK additions for Jolnar have allowed them to be even more just like, let's change it up. You know what? I'm going to get rid of all the tech I have and exchange right. it all for new tech. That's like their hero. It's crazy. Um, it's actually not that good, but it's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> and then Titans, it, it, it feels like they have that same Jolnar. I'm just reliably good at these things, but they're, it's not as open-ended as something like tech. Yeah. It's just kind of like old uh, faithful. They're like a good old horse, okay, <laughs> that you're riding around through the galaxy. All right? So so to put that in less abstract terms, um, we are reliable. Success uh, is all about leaning into our faction units uh, and continuing to explore our planets while keeping up with our sleeper token slash hell titan tempo. Um, remember that your, your hell Titans will, will create, uh, you know, these little production bottlenecks. They're, they're only going to be able to produce a couple units. So you have to remember to take time to build plastic at home. And that's like funny. Cause I'm kind of laying that out there is like, that's like a, like a problem to solve the thing that it's everybody like else has to do. You, it's like a, it's like a right. mild problem for you. <laughs> like the thing that everybody has to suffer and doesn't have any advantages. It's kind of like a little bit yeah. annoying for you. <laughs> Yeah, so my advice is to also remember to to play a little bit like a normal faction. <laughs> That's all. Um, but really, the, on, the only thing to worry about here is uh, your command counter economy. Horde influence, prioritize leadership when possible, and you are going to have a good chance at winning pretty much every single time uh, you play 
as Titans. You're not going to win every time. Right. That doesn't exist. But I, I every single time I played as Titans, I felt like I had a shot. Yeah, you can be in a winning time. position every single time. But yes. POK is crazy, yes. man. Don't get mad at the game when other people pull swingy stuff. When you are an old faithful, you're on the old horse, and sometimes people are on a young, spry, crazy horse in the last second. Like it, it, POK does crazy things, so you don't get to just be like, man, I was supposed to ride this reliable thing into the finish line. Stuff gets weird. Um, yeah, but let's let's transition then. Uh, last week uh, we talked about uh, Root. We talked about the River Folk Company, the Otters, uh, the little trade barons of the the world of Root. And I would love to dig into some of the errata that we got from that episode. So uh, the the first one up is Hunter wrote this note in here. Uh, and he wrote sorry about the informant's blooper last episode. But what that really is, is I'm sorry as the editor of this podcast. <laughs> Matt Martins is sorry that he did not edit out uh, this thing where Hunter like literally started to say a thing about the informant's card. And otters don't use that card. That's not a thing. And we fix. I mean, it's not even an errata. It's just I feel so stupid for leaving that blooper in there. And it's just I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I feel like I used to do it like kind of all the time of like leaving junk in. Uh, and yeah, feel dumb. Feel dumb. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, so so just to say, Matt, you, I mean, you volunteered to do that the way that you just did sure. it. But in, in my head, if one of us makes a mistake, we both made the mistake. Sure. And, and sure, I, sure, sure. I own it with, with you. Okay. Um, and also it was my mistake. I mean, you left it in there, but it it is my mistake that is in, you know what I mean? Like Katie and I like, literally just had the same conversation about like who does more to help Molly. It's like the same. I'm having the same conversation twice. It's like, no, sweetie, it's me. No, I'm the one. No, I should do more. I can be better. <laughs> so thanks, Hunter. <laughs> Thank you, second wife. All right. I want to talk <laughs> about Justin Kay's errata, which is a minor errata, but um, the buyer always takes the buyer of mercenaries um the 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 thing that you can that other players can use to use your river unit, folk service uh, the river yeah. folk service the buyer always takes the odd hits when splitting with river folk mercenaries also river folk can't use tunnels because the trade posts aren't crafting pieces you craft using your board yeah. not the cardboard so tunnels doesn't That's exist a tricky one and uh we we kind of even second guessed ourselves on the mercenaries point and then just moved on with our lives. Um, and so just sure, to clarify yeah. that it's it's the buyer um, that takes also the also yeah we didn't we didn't work in this tunnels note but we also didn't recommend tunnels yeah. so just to be sure sure transparent. Sure. Um, then, um so yeah do t talk talk me through this next one. There was like a conversation about uh, your relationship with Woodland Alliance and their measly ten total warriors. Yeah so. So we talked about, um, you know, how should you treat the Woodland Alliance playing as the River Folk? And I did something that I should not have done, which was that I sort of, we didn't really fully explore the idea because in my head, it's not good for the Woodland Alliance player to trust you to give them some of their units. The Woodland Alliance player um, only has 10 their units that we like to call toast mm -hmm. so they have 10 10 toast max if they give you three you know at the beginning of the game and then you decide to keep those you have hurt woodland alliance like a lot that, that it's very yeah. painful for you to keep their toast so i just kind of glazed over this conversation however um there was a lot of really good discussion about it uh i, I want to say marcus the cat had some good things to say and i'm going to uh, quote garrick um, Garrick had a very good point. 
So if otters always, without question, refuse to give Toast back, then you're ensuring that Toast will never buy from you. If you play ball and are willing to give Toast back, you get sales and you have the opportunity to withhold Toast in scenarios when it's actually important. So what, so what I should have done was think about it more from Riverfolk's perspective and say, hey, so Toast, like Woodland Alliance has a reason to, to be scared uh, to give you stuff. So reassure them like, like, and give and play nice with them because otherwise that's just a player at the table that you're not selling to. And yeah, some Willet Alliance players are going to say absolutely not, but some won't. And you should, uh, you should try and make the sale. And also there is a re I, I completely neglected this idea, which was that at the very beginning of the game, it doesn't hurt Woodland Alliance right now to give you any of their toast. Um, a, the first round of turns with an alliance never gets any toast on the board or in their officer's um, box or whatever. Mm. So those are just sitting there not being used. So if they give those to you and then you do actually hold up your end of the deal of giving them all back, uh, they will never be inconvenienced by that at all. And they will get some value out of that. So, so I should have um, been more like I just was sure. about otters. So, so good. I would say good call everybody. Uh, Marcus, the cat and, and Garrick. I, I appreciated everything you guys had to say. I think generally speaking, otters just should be encouraging sales more All than the time. not. Yes. Right. Just, just yes. as a general rule, if you don't know which way to bend, you can't like read the situation yourself. It, it feels too distant. Just, air on the side of let me make a deal happen we've even been seeing right. it in the tournament where hunter and i disagree with like someone setting their prices at two but then they get like a couple sales out of it and it's like well you know what it kept their economy going like if it works it works yeah you could have maximized the value by one more but at the end of the day the sale matters and if it is better to have maybe not gotten as good a value and made the sale at two than have set it to three and then not gotten a sale at all um right so just always just always go for it and then play ball and and play ball when you can denial happens at the very very end of the game not right throughout the entire duration of the game so uh i want to thank our weird bears farganus tg welch brian bot bot kaluin squeamishy moo son of Latu, mate nason john rwise and absol and i want to thank our little peace turtles Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphony, Requiem, Gaskio, Uncle Batty, Dark Jutsu, Astoria, Visioness, Brave Saraman, Frank G, Carnal, My Son is Also Bort, CACJR, Anvilier, and Sam Lee. Thank you all for contributing to this So uh, Thank you for making this year so crazy. There's so many names I list off, and every single time I start to read them, I realize, like, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous how many weird bears and little peace turtles we have, and it yeah. freaks me out. Yeah. And uh, this, this week... Um, starting this week, we haven't officially done it yet, but starting this week, I am going to be able to take some days off from my normal job, uh, like yes. two days a week. So now I'm working three days a week at like a normal big boy job and then two days a week doing this. And that is yeah. because of weird bears and little peace turtles and, and all the other two. I mean, it's because of everybody. We, we thank so many people by name, but it's, it's because of the Patreon and because of all of you and, it's a huge deal. Uh, no joke. It's a freaking crazy huge deal and may have saved the tournament uh, because I have no idea how we were going to do all of the tournament games we have every single weekend for the next like six months and also do this podcast uh, without right. me having Fridays right. off, basically. So thank you. Thank you for literally making this show possible. Right. It's, uh, it's crazy that we have actually gotten to this point where uh, I am full time and now Matt is part time. Yeah. 
like this it's it's and you will feel it in I, yeah definitely in the content yeah. as well yeah. so i'm really excited about all of the future of this show it's about to get really cool um okay so uh thank you to to everybody that support our patreon um and i want to throw out your your twitch schedule here uh, we did throw it out at the very beginning of the episode but here you go um so on friday um we're doing our first uh, ti4 pok homebrew game um it is a audience agendas theme uh, and that is on Friday, January 22nd uh, at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, I have to get some players together. So I would say the, that 4 p.m. is a light. Mm-hmm. That that could change a little. That could shift like an hour back or so because I got to get my players together. Um, we have gotten a lot of audience agendas, and I'm uh, very excited about a lot of them. Uh, I'm going to be selecting the ones that I'm actually going to use in the game soon. So if you are in the Homebrewers Guild, uh, please drop in a few more if uh, if the spirit moves you. Um, and then as far as root tournament games go this weekend, we have games 9 and 10 on Saturday, January 23rd at 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then games 11 and 12 on Sunday, January 24th at 12 p.m. and 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then as far as the YouTube, uh, I'm sure you've noticed that I've been blowing up your subscription. If you're subscribed to uh, our YouTube you're, you're going to notice videos every day for a while, and that's just how it is now. Um, but there's going to be more Root Tournament games and maybe something special and weird on uh, on Friday if I if I feel like it, basically. <laughs> um, uh, Galactic Counselors. So we have the second round of our first poll of the year. Um, you have two options. The first one is uh, me and Matt review the Twilight Imperium book. Um, Which neither that we would have read to read, yet. really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd have to read it really fast. Um, I can do it though. Yeah. I can totally do that. And then the second option is Matt and Her- bleh, Matt and Hunter's current favorite TI four factions and why. We just talk about where we're at uh, with these factions at this point. Uh, teaser: We talked about this episode is about a faction that I honestly don't really love playing yeah. this, um, neither but, of our the titans will not be on either of those lists so next week's episode yeah. it should be next week's episode right is the galactic council uh yes we won't talk about titans again i can guarantee you that much is true <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so that one will be more like we just we it's almost like us reviewing factions as as compared to talking about them uh strategically yes, for sure but yeah uh, so uh, I would love it if you gave this show a rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, it increases the visibility and helps uh, continue just doing all the things it's done. Change change our lives, folks. Give us some ratings. I love seeing... We, we had a really good rating that uh, gave us a... We were the best po- uh, cooking podcast that they listened to. I want to give a oh shout my out. God. It was very good. Uh, good jokes in there. I love our joke uh, reviews. I think it's the best part of this show is that our reviews don't make any sense <laughs> with what our show yes. is. Uh, uh, you can also find more information about our show, our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, all the ways to connect with us at spacecatspeaceturtles.com. You can also email us right now with your play of the week or this Imperium Life submissions send us stories about things that have happened in your prophecy of kings games we want to know the crazy plays so that we can then start incorporating that back into a segment on this show or do an upcoming episode where the whole episode is just us sharing stories from the community um very very much itching to do that again yeah um and this was uh so so i guess you should expect for the 
POK faction episodes to be like two hours yeah, long. Man, well, that's I, what we just learned. What Hunter and I literally learned just now <laughs> in this moment is there's no way we can do these things faster than an hour and a half. It's just not. <laughs> well, and, and I, I think maybe a good place for us to get would be that most, so like any episode that isn't about a TI faction is not two yes. hours long. <laughs> so that, we can so that ev- when those happen, it's like, well, well hey, it's going to be you know two what? hours. Going forward, it's not, you know, if, if if we have all day on a Friday to record, because that's my job now on a Friday, a two-hour episode ain't so bad. Right now... I am no, I am not going to let us <laughs> exceed two no, hours. definitely not. With any kind of regularity. You can, you can stuff that yeah. up your butt, okay? <laughs> well, speaking of, we are coming so, wow. very close to that window. So before this becomes a two-hour-plus yes. episode, we better just go ahead and cut it off My right throat now. hurts. <laughs> From doing this for you. Good night and good luck. And my throat hurts. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.